I'm Alana Evans. Um, yeah, thank you for having me today, Patrick. I appreciate you putting this together. You're the first one. It really, oh, I'm honored. Yes, you're the first one. So uh, what we're going to do is if you have a question for Alana, just raise your hand. I've got everybody muted so I don't have to hear dogs barking or <laughs> the neighborhood cat howling or, or somebody complaining about what's on TV or whatever. Right. Uh, so, did. And then I also have a, a chat. Yep, Charles. Uh, uh, Charles okay. has a question. Let's unmute Charles here to start things off. Charles, what's going on? Well, Charles wants to know, because he typed this out, he says, <laughs> um, Charles is from, from San Francisco. He doesn't have his audio. He says, how are you? And can I ask, what is it like to have sex on film? Hi, Charles. <laughs> That's funny. I am a Bay Area brat. I'm from San Jose, California, so I'm not... I'm not uh, too far from that. First of all, it is driving me absolutely crazy right now that my camera went blurry, so we're going to refocus it real quick. So, there we go. Yay! I'm not that flawless. <laughs> um, what's it like to have sex on film? You know, these days, I think almost anyone can answer that question thanks to the invention of the iPhone. Man, everybody's making their home porn. Um, but... Having sex on camera, on set, in front of people is um, liberating at times. It can definitely be a lot of fun. It's definitely a job. You know, you have to stay focused on all of the things that are important that are happening around you. Um, at least I would think that's what the best performers in our industry do. They're always aware of how the other performers are feeling in the scene, whether they're enjoying what you're doing. Maybe it's not that great of a position for the guy. He needs to flip or uh, they're right there and either keep going or, oh, shit, I better stop because we don't want him to come that fast. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> but um, it's... It, it definitely has its ups, literally. It has its downs. I have enjoyed my career, but it's something you have to commit to. It's something that you have to know if this is the place for you or not. And um, uh, definitely, I think the best policy that I've ever followed is, and we're going to go on lots of rides here, you guys, because you're going to ask me one question, and then I'm going to give you like five different angles because I'll shut up. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's, it's always about what you make it, really. So I, I had a great time, and I hope other people have the same experience that I did. I know not everyone does, so that's why I'm here. I try to encourage it. And Charles says, go Sharks. Go Sharks, yeah. <laughs> so you, you're speaking on this in the past tense. That means you're not going to be doing this anymore, or what's, what's your status? I speak of it in the past sense because as far as uh, hardcore scenes go, I'm down to shooting my own content. I'm living my natural life and filming it and having fun with it. It's been since 2017 that I've been on an actual hardcore set. Really, once I stepped into my full-time role as the president of the union, it definitely became a place where it was more important for me to take a step back, create my own content, webcam, Sex Panther, OnlyFans, that kind of stuff, um, so that it didn't become a conflict of interest, really. 
I need to be able to negotiate for performers and not have my paycheck weighing in the balance. And so that was really a big reason why I stepped back. Right. And I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but you've waded pretty deep into some discussions on Twitter about the union. And, I mean, that's one thing I really admire about you is you do have that I'll stand up for you uh, mentality of you're there for the for the performers. And I know you get knocked around quite a lot, but um, I think you've got Test their back. Your shoulders off, you know? <laughs> if I can't take it, I'll step out of the realm. Anytime you put yourself or other people put you in a position where you have to fight for what's right, you're gonna have people come for you. Sometimes um, I make the best choices, sometimes emotion might get in the way. So it's, it is definitely a tough pool to navigate through, but at the end of the day, if you're sensible about what you're doing, if you are paying attention and listening to the voices around you, and not just the ones in your head, <laughs> then I think, um, it makes it easier. And plus, my heart is always in the right place. I worked in the trenches of this industry doing the dirtiest of dirty, except for double and triple anal. I, I really got to applaud the girls that can do that because my butt doesn't, doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. So I have a lot of experience in what it's like to be on set and what we put ourselves through. So I try to, you know, speak on that and come from that angle and always revert back to, at the end of the day, what is it that the performer needs um, before it's what do I need, which is sure. crazy, but it's how it goes. Okay, anybody have a question, just raise your hand, <coughs> and we'll, we'll get to you. John, you've got a question? Patrick, how about you have a question for Alana today? Yeah, um, when you're uh, doing, doing scenes and stuff, um, do you have a, person that you're more comfortable with work, working with than compared to other people? That's a really good question, Patrick, and it's nice to meet you. we got two Patricks in here. I like that. <laughs> um, there's always your go-to because maybe that's someone that you've got really intense chemistry with or they're, they're just great to work with. Um, and then, you know, I like strange. <laughs> So it's fun to give new performers an opportunity. Um, you never know what it's going to be like working with someone. So I don't judge a book by its cover first. And then I definitely, um, I'll give someone an opportunity, even if maybe the reviews of other people are bad, because, man, this business is high school. <laughs> and just because somebody doesn't like somebody doesn't mean I won't like them. And so I believe in giving somebody a chance. You know, sometimes though, you know, we're on set and the wave, so I'll explain like a typical day on set just to give you guys an idea. A lot of the times the porn movies are shot on um, either within one day, within a couple of days. If it's a big budget, you're looking at maybe three to four days um, as a production running. So you could have multiple people on set that day um, even if you're not working with them, they're shuffling in and out. It's it's really it can be really busy, sometimes chaotic, sometimes a lot of fun. So maybe you're just hanging out with somebody on set that day and you're getting to know each other, waiting for the other scenes to be done. You're like, wow, this person's really cool. Oh, I'm gonna work with you. It's just code for 
you know what? I think we would buy. I totally want to fuck you. So let's let's make this happen. And so sometimes scenes will come out from there. And then other times it's literally from watching porn and seeing other people or seeing us on Twitter. When I was up and coming and really consistent and working, social media did not exist. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Because <laughs> we wouldn't have survived uh, the trauma that can come with it. But so now, you know, you'll see somebody on Twitter and flirt and talk and maybe set up working together or doing a content exchange. So it's pretty common that the setups are really organic, too. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, great. Uh, Michelle, hey, what's going on? What's Hi, that? Michelle. Hi. Have you ever worked with a guy or a female that, like, you were like, is this over yet? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> or didn't know what they were doing, and then what do you do then? Do you got to keep going and pretend? or You know, so it depends on the reason of what it is that they're doing that's causing me to not want to, you know, interact with them anymore. Um, it depends on how extreme that irritation is. Sometimes things happen and something can go really bad during a scene. Um, and you stop it, and you're done, I think maybe, I don't really know if I've ever had to fully pull a trigger on a scene. Usually I'm able to pull the trigger on the scene before we even get to set. I have definitely had days where I've walked off set because of really understandable reasons, but there are times one hundred percent where you <laughs> you grin and bear it because maybe it's just like oh this guy's annoying me or this chick won't stop complaining or silly things like that and so yeah there's definitely times but I do my best to make sure that people don't catch those moments you know and you'll hear that a lot from other girls we don't want to ruin the fantasy it's my job to make you believe it is the most amazing sex I have ever had in my life, even if it isn't. And so if, if you know, no offense to me, but if people see that, then I should definitely have stopped the scene and changed things um, because I'm doing a disservice, first of all, to myself, but also to you guys. So I'm all for saying no or knock it the fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I once had a guy, I'm just going to tell you, um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't name his name because that's probably not very nice, but he kept biting my arm, and he was really cute, and it was fun, and it was hot, and I was, was very turned on, I, I really was enjoying what we were filming, and out of nowhere, I think he, he was behind me, right, because that's why the back of my arm was like exposed to him, and he just leaned down and just started chewing on me like a damn zombie. <laughs> and <laughs> after this scene, uh, I was all bruised up and down my arms. I never worked with that guy again. Um, I never had the opportunity to really tell him what he had done. But to bring it back to uh, David Bertolino, uh, Patrick Palmer, um, this was days before I was supposed to do my performance in the Deep Throat play, which was 
seriously one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I was so thankful when I got there to try the wardrobe on because the dress went all the way down to my wrist and you couldn't see any of the bruising on it. That's why I was mad. I was I don't care. I got through it, but I can't have bruises on stage. <laughs> that was such a that uh um both then, I, I wish I'd have been able to go to that or know about it back then. I didn't know David back then, but I did go to his Cupcake Theater uh, that night. And um, Yay! Uh, I was there the week after you were there. I was with Serena oh. and um, Ginger Lynn and Rhonda Jo Petty. Wow. Katie Sprinkles was one of my favorite crushes back, way back in the day when I first started watching uh, this. And... Um, I sat in the back, and, and Herschel stands up and says, Patrick, you're down here. And so anyway, I sat between Herschel and Ginger for the whole whole show until Ginger got up, and then um, Tom Byron sat next to me, too. So that was we, then we went out to eat afterwards. Wow. It was fantastic. So uh, he's such a great guy. I would imagine, as a, as a longtime fan, having the ability to hang out with people in that environment has to be pretty incredible. I mean, the night that I got to do mine at the Cupcake Theater, I was the youngest of the entire group, and that really made me feel so honored um, because I admire all of these people. Many of them were the reason why I got into the adult industry. And the night that we had my event, I remember um, uh, Amber Lynn was there with me, a part of it. And Amber and I now work together for the union. And uh, after it was over and we're, we're out in the audience and we're talking with people, and one of my favorite actors was actually in the crowd mingling with people. And it gave me this moment of, wow, you sat and listened to me talk about myself? I'm so humbled right now. And then, of course, I looked at him and said, you're not even supposed to be here, man. <laughs> and I'll be impressed if any of you guys know what movie that's from just by me saying that. <laughs> what, what actor was that? Um, his name is Brian Holleran. Oh. And he is from Clerks. Oh, all right. Yeah, so it was awesome. Jay and Silent Bob, all that very cult classics, and it was he was really awesome. Very, very nice. Very, Excellent. very kind. And uh, also the Soup Nazi. So I'll take that too. <laughs> oh, Larry. Yeah. 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 We're friends on Facebook. He he did some stuff for my wife's coworkers. Neat. Vanderner, uh, you want to talk or you want me to have a read question? Go ahead and talk. Um, yeah. Hi. How are you? It's Bob. That's part of my last name. Um, I just was wondering, has being in the adult industry ever had a negative impact on your personal relationships? Oh, so I, I saw that in there. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know what? It has not only affected my personal relationships, it's affected their relationships with their friends, their family. It has affected my children. Um, but with all of that said, it affected them in a way that helped them open up their eyes to see the people around them and who they really were. Because everyone that knows me or that's involved with me knows that besides the fact that I work in the porn industry, you really would have no idea that I work in porn. Um, I am not what people assume is the stereotypical porn star. And it shatters the stigma. And so at that point, even my stepson yesterday 
we had this conversation. Uh, he is in his junior year of college next year. He's going to graduate. We're so proud of him. And he was doing his, uh, in art school, they have a panel. And so they were going through all of his artwork. Oh, man. And I saw it on Instagram yesterday. And I just went, good Lord. My son painted what looked like uh, one of our computers from forever ago. And in the image, it says, I'm just going to say it, it said pussy.com. And I'm going, what? Look at you. He's 21, almost 22 years old. And I'm going, why is he, why is he painting this? We need to talk. And come to find out, it was an inner look at him, you know, going through his experiences as, as an artist. Okay, we, we raised that. It's amazing. And so he's explaining this intellectual side. And this is just to explain how it's, it's affected my family. Um, the whole piece was about how the very first time he saw a vagina, a pussy, and it was him sneaking to the computer late at night. He was like 12, I think, and, and literally typed into the internet, into the search bar, pussy.com. And of course, we all know what he saw, and they were big pussies right in his face, and, and he's telling me this story two days ago, and I died laughing because I know what he saw at 12 years old. It's going to scare the shit out of you, and he, um, it's exactly what he did, and he said he turned it all off, and he shut the computer down. He was horrified. He ran back to his room, and having painted this piece in college in a very affluent art school, um, his teacher, who knows everything about us and our lifestyle and our relationship and, and who I am. Um, felt the need to maybe express to the rest of the panel why. And he said he didn't feel comfortable only because it was a Zoom call like this. And he didn't know who else was going to be on it, maybe some of his friends, and that's not really appropriate. But I asked him, well, why did she want to know? Is it from the angle of being supportive? And to explain the side of you're more open to the idea that porn isn't this evil, horrible, hateful thing, and it's just normal and acceptable and a part of life because you were raised that way. So at the end of the day, that's how it affects the people around me. They're able to see it as something that is normal. It's not something that is uh, demonic because it involves people like me. So sorry for the long answer, but <laughs> it's definitely my life is fun. My relationships are fun. It's hard for people to tell their mom and dad, even when they're, you know, much older, that they're dating me. But I understand and accept it and don't want it to mess up my relationship. So more often than not, I will tell them, hey, if they don't really need to know, why tell them? Right, yeah. And um, I was with Herschel Savage. We did a couple of these one-man shows. And he said that the, uh, the, the one of the breakthrough moments for him was when his son's track team wanted to meet him at the high school. <laughs> And then the coach wanted a picture with him, and you know, the kid comes over and says, Dad, can you come over and meet our team? And then he went over and met the team. That's how it always goes, though. And when you're in Los Angeles or you're in a community that is used to having adult workers, it doesn't have the same type of shame or stigma. It's exciting. It's fun. But in a small town, like clearly if I was from Arkansas, or, you know, Oklahoma, or hell, even Ohio at times. It can be alarming how affected people are. But it's just also that small town mentality of everybody wanting to be in your business, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Michelle, you got another question? Oh, no, I didn't. I was on my eye, but I got a comment. <laughs> you know, nowadays, people, like, talk bad about porn. I get all the conventions. People talk bad, say, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Well, nowadays, girls, I said, what are you jealous? Girls, give it away. At least you guys get paid for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's definitely been an argument that, you know, many people have. It's funny how the difference will change versus whether you're sharing it or posting it for free versus, uh, you know, getting paid what, for it. And what's the difference of a movie having a sex scene or there being a porn movie? Nothing. Right. I, I mean, I can tell you, on some of those sets, it's so funny. They're not supposed to really have sex, right? Because the mainstream world has a union and they have very specific rules. And so they have to wear socks. Um, you know, when you go buy brand new shoes or you're trying on dress shoes and they have the little footies, we call them, they wear that over their junk so that it's not just free hanging when they're supposed to be totally nude in these scenes but more often than not they're doing other things <laughs> so sometimes i think if it looks way too real and mainstream it's probably what's really happening or almost really happening what yeah I heard, i've heard stories from the girls <laughs> at exotica that go on sometimes <laughs> Absolutely. We all try to have a lot of fun, at least, at least. <laughs> what, um, one other thing is we need to know about all of your different channels that you have as far as uh, where you're at, where people can find you, where you can kind of make a little bit of money on, on some of those things and, and how those channels actually work out for you. Nice. Uh, these days, I am spending a lot of time on my OnlyFans. I sound like all the other girls, but... Um, it's really interesting because it's a conversation we were having on Twitter. I was on AVN Stars too. Um, you were not seeing the same type of traffic convert. Um, it's as if OnlyFans is such a brand name now that fans are more comfortable with it. They trust it. And so traffic converts so much better. Um, and so, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time there. It's so much fun. I like the interactions. I like the way it works. There's video. There's messaging and pictures and all that stuff and it's funny it's almost like back in the day when we had our own websites and we'd put up our updates and we'd have our little diary man it was so much work and it was so much maybe you got a new set each week which consisted of a hundred photos and like a 15 minute video clip and now girls are posting videos multiple times a day pictures all the time i would imagine as a fan it is so much better for you now than say the late 90s even early 2000s thanks to technology so i cam um i was in cams.com for a long time but because of AB5 here in California, we are now cut from camps. We're cut from streaming. So I'm going to be starting camming on Chatterbait. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that out loud. Because, uh, you know, I took the week off. Uh, my contract just ended. Been kind of just assessing. I've been spending a lot of time in my garden, which I have found is a really fun place to sneak clips. 
I live with other people. We share a great big house. And man, fucking quarantine time is killing me because I'm trying to like steal some naughty pictures, maybe a little video clip. I posted a video of me gardening the other day, which included up, up skirt shots. <laughs> That I was perfectly blocked. My I keep ripping my earpiece out, but um, I don't know why I'm whispering. <laughs> Excuse me. It's like I'm gonna get caught. Um, but yeah, it's uh, given us so much more ability to have, I think, more access, which has totally turned into you guys really benefiting. <laughs> have you done uh, Cameo yet? Have you started on Cameo? Yeah, Cameo. It's so much fun. I have been doing Cameo for probably six to eight months now. I get some fun ones. I get some that I have to go back and tell them, I'm not allowed to do these kind of messages here. <laughs> and then I tell them, just go over to OnlyFans. I can send it over there, but I can't give you, you know, JOIs because that shit's public. It like gets posted to the thread. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that the mainstream actors that are on there don't want you to be scrolling through and it's like all these awesome people, football players, and then some chick telling you how to probably not gonna fly very well. So um the last one I did though. I don't know. I, I think you can access it. I had a girl contact me and tell me a story about her sister who, I feel bad for saying this, but it's on my Cameo page. Um, her sister would dance and lock the door and tell mom and dad she was dancing. And meanwhile, she was like watching Pornhub and stuff. So the cameo was supposed to, you know, ha have fun with that and reflect that. And so I made sure that when the cameo started, I was legit dancing. <laughs> I want people to have a good experience. And if you're going to pay, you know, money, and my rates are super reasonable, by the way, I, you know, want them to get what they're looking for. So I think cameo is fucking cool as shit. <laughs> right. What is your Twitter handle? I'll put it in the, in the comments here. And then if you, in the next hour or two, if you want to put links to your sites that you're involved with, that'd be great. Then we can all go there and then everybody else can go there too. Definitely. Um, I am Alana Evans XXX on most things, Twitter, OnlyFans, Instagram. Uh, I am very, I'm going to see, I'm PG-13. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is funny on my social media pages only because I have people like Linda Carter following me and I really don't want to scare Wonder Woman away with my boobs. I'm just keeping it totally real. <laughs> so like I'll have these moments where I'm like, fuck, this picture's really hot and I really want to post it on Twitter right now, but my tits are in it. And man, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to lose Wonder Woman. I don't. <laughs> so... What um, and you've worked wonderful. quite a bit with this as well too, and this is uh, this this uh, uh, random. Well, it's not so random on Instagram's part. They're they're slut shaming people and banning them for a picture of a toe. I mean, what do you think about that? Instagram has been pretty crazy, and I like to say that I have been leading the fight against the Instagram censorship 
we started, wow, about this time last year, I organized an entire bus full of people to head up to Menlo Park, where we met with the team of Instagram. It was probably like five different policy creators and you could kind of tell which one was super boss while the other little bosses. And, um, you know, it's been a battle because we'll have waves of them being great, opening up accounts, totally seeing where people are being wronged and removed for literally no reason. Forget the toe. I saw a girl removed over a rainbow. It was literally a photo of the sky with a rainbow in it. And it said nudity. And I'm going, what are you people looking at? What are you looking at? Right. Um, but now, now it's insane. For a minute, the moderation was slipping in. So everything was getting posted by everybody. I was watching girls go on live fully masturbating. And I'm thinking, you're going to come crying to me in about, what, two months when things are more back normal and everybody's back at work and Instagram does a full purge on everybody that acted up when mom and dad were gone, you know what I mean? And so um, it's going to be very difficult for me because I'm going to have to tell them, I, I saw what you posted, dude. I, I saw. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help that because, and the reason why I'm being this way about it because I might seem a little snide and snotty because they are fucking it up for everyone else who isn't doing that. Right. There's literally a few people that are ruining it for the rest of the talent pool, and those people don't understand. They just want to make their money. They don't care. And the others, it is building animosity and frustration. And I've seen, I saw Dick. I saw a full-blown, hot-naked guy, and there was his dick pulled to the side leg they're out of his underwear on instagram last week so i have no idea what's going on i think pigs are flying because shit's crazy the account i really missed was the original one that phoenix marie had mm. she went to hockey games and basketball games and she kind of showed a little bit about her emt work that she did and i said aren't you on there anymore no i got pulled and she really never put you know, she always has her damn tongue sticking out of her mouth, but that's... Oh, my God, her magical tongue? <laughs> but she does have a new channel now, but it's it's not like the old one where it was all of her hobbies and cool stuff. We're scared. We're absolutely scared. And so what girls have started doing is pulling the emotion out of some of their pages and kept it business because at that point... It doesn't crush your heart into a million pieces when all your memories are just wiped off the face of the earth, which is really what's happening. And, I mean, I've seen – I could literally look up right now and see how many people have filled out our paperwork. It's probably over 2,500 to 3,000 people at this point. I would send lists to Instagram, and it would have names, and then they would check. Um, but that's really what it came down to was people losing their real life memory as one young woman lost her fiance and all their videos and pictures were there. No one ever expects that your Instagram page is going to be gone. You actually expect to lose your phones and your laptops, but you don't expect that to happen. And so it's really cruel what they're doing. I had to fight tooth and nail. Like we're talking email after email arguing with them to reinstate Jessica James page after she died because what people don't understand what's happening and I'll give you guys quick insight and then I'll shut up um, <laughs> we are being heavily targeted by the anti-porn zealots 
they are extremists, they are insane, they message us, they threaten us, I've gotten death threats from these people, they are uh, very unhappy with their lives. Once in a while you turn things back on them, they kind of saddle back, um, but they go out of their way to just report, report, report. And then on the other hand, you've got the people that are former employees of, of Instagram that still somehow have access and they're deleting performers' accounts to get paid to get them turned back on. So we always tell people, never, ever, ever give anyone money to get your Instagram page back because you're setting yourself up for an extortion racket that will never end. Right. We know girls that have paid like six grand just repeatedly taken down, put back up, taken down, put back up. So it's crazy. Um, Bob or Patrick or Michelle, any other questions? Raise your hands. If you got one, I'll put you. Oh, there's Michelle right there. Michelle. Hey, who would you rather be with, a male or a female? Ooh, who can I have both? Best? <laughs> I would think females because females know what they like and yes. all the pleasure. And from your perspective. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I definitely love both. So the thing about being with women is that if, if you think about it, you're with that partner and pleasing them until completion. So if I'm down on a girl, I'm going to keep going until she orgasms. She's good. And then usually we switch. <laughs> but with men and women, that doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to counter it on who cares more <laughs> about making sure you're, you're getting what you need, <laughs> ladies definitely will outweigh so it's it's you know but i will let a man know it will definitely um and you know i definitely love me men i love me both women are hard to date women are really hard to date but sex is wonderful so there you go <laughs> we're too emotional and temperamental and i i'm sorry that i said that but yeah, yeah we so are <laughs> Yeah, my lesbian relationships never worked out like at all. <laughs> I mean, when a man's done, it's hard to, sometimes for him to get back up and go. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I'm always good. I, I'm. My phone is clearly Michael Myers. Just turn that off. We had all these alarms set before to make sure that I was ready on time. Um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I like. I will always give a man a second try. Uh, because I am very intimidating to my male partners, usually when we first start dating. Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough because a lot of times guys feel that they have to have something to um, compare to or that they're living up to my partners on screen and they are worried about size. And, and oh, no, did I get rid of you guys? Oh, there you are. Okay, sorry. I hit a button and, and everything moved. <laughs> um, but what they don't understand is that, um, you know, real-life sex is real-life sex. It's totally different than what's happening at work. So the chemistry outside of work can always be better than what is happening while I'm on set. And so I will absolutely always give guys a second opportunity. And I'm really praying for a round two if round one didn't go that great. <laughs> Bob, you have another question? Um, what can you think of as your best experience on camera? Well, okay, so there's, there's like two things. 
I, as a performer, I've got the ones that are like my all-time best movie and my meaning like my best role where uh, the acting was awesome and I had so much fun doing it and was so thankful to be a part of it. And then there are the scenes where you know that you got fucked so good that it's its own experience over there, you know? So I'm going to tell you both. <laughs> the, the first one, <clears throat> excuse me, is definitely, and no, I am not sick. I'm just letting you guys know. I totally smoke weed, and <laughs> it's that cough. Um, never, when, when in the world do we have to explain that cough that it's automatic? Um, the first is definitely Mrs. Brady. Me being Mrs. Brady and not the Brady's triple X is by far, now that I've been away from the industry enough where I totally have those moments and I, I sit back and I, we think about these things, we contemplate them, and really, uh, and my relationship with those directors, uh, Will Ryder, um, is solid. I consider him one of my dearest friends in the world, and it's pretty fucking cool. Like, never in my world would I would have thought that me playing Carol Brady in a porno, um, Florence Henderson of all people, would be like, man, that's the one. <laughs> but it is. But on the other side of where I am just like the dirtiest of dirty, holy fuck, that was the best scene ever. It's an anabolic title, because all my anabolic movies were Alana, I'm speaking of myself in a third person, um, really innocent and young, but so wild and crazy. I had no filter. I didn't think about anything back then um, in the sense of like, I really, really, really loved what I was doing, and I could never get enough. <laughs> So it's probably um, my two-on-one scene, and there's more to it too, but it's my two-on-one scene. Fuck, what movie is it? It's not Down the Hatch, because Down the Hatch was multiple guys in the same location. It was two Nasty Nymphos. Yes, that's what it was. Nasty Nymphos um, 27, I think it is. Um, it is John Doe and Mark Davis. And they destroyed me on, uh, who um, later became my husband's front yard. <laughs> but that whole day was, was amazing. And then I went back. And, but I did my dirtiest of dirty for anabolic. Man, they, but they were such a good company. Like, something I'll explain to you guys, too, is when a company treats you really well, and they care about you, and they make you feel good, not just physically or sexually, but mentally, and you know that they care, you will literally do anything for them in that sense. I would have put myself through the craziest acrobatic sex acts on a fucking circus trampoline, you know, for these people, because they really made me feel comfortable and safe when I was on their sets, and I was able to explore. So, I mean, I fucking did it 12 on 2 gangbang for them. Which, holy shit, do you want to know the hardest scene? It was that one. That, that one, man. Right from the beginning, anal, vaginal, from the very start of the scene. Normally, that's something you work up to. And it was three hours of it straight. Ooh, that was a tough day. I think I sat in the bathtub for like an hour after that. Not in like, oh my god, I'm washing. But holy fuck, that was 
was a ride. <laughs> what just happened? I swallowed so much jizz that day too. <laughs> Good times. I clearly haven't changed much, <laughs> except I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't get twelve loads at once anymore. Bob, <laughs> anything else? Nope, that's it. <laughs> he's like, damn, that was a crazy answer. After the twelve on one story, that's about all he's got. Yeah, I got I got some things I got to look up now. That's <laughs> so the twelve on two was me and Molly Rome. That poor girl, that poor girl. Talk about she did not know what she was getting herself into. She didn't. And when I'll be real, if you guys watch that scene, it's Gang Bang Girl. I think twenty seven or twenty eight. Uh, twenty seven and twenty eight was big numbers for me in a bunch of titles. It was really odd. I literally have like three or four movies that are all twenty seven and twenty seven. Um but when she couldn't take it, I'm like, you can't ruin my gangbang here. This is my big fucking moment. At the end of the scene I literally push her out of the way because she was dodging the cum. And mm when you do a gangbang without many people, that's the moment you're fucking working up to. It's literally our payoff. And um, I didn't want it ruined. <laughs> God damn it, I just put myself through a lot. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Patrick, do you have a, another question for Alana? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, and if this, I'm a guy, so I'm sorry to say this, right? uh, or I'm not sorry to say this, but... Uh, <laughs> Who's your favorite female worker to work with? Ooh. I, you know, again, there's like generations. I think my career at this point has spanned at least three to twenty full generations of performers. So um, my all time was definitely Kaylin. Kaylin and I worked together the best because she was my homie. You know, so we had fun. We would hang out after hours our kids would play together you know and like we we had the normal life outside so on set it was fun and she was goofy and bubbly and never complained that was the other thing like i would really get along with girls that um and when i say complain because we're in a different age of porn um we weren't getting the shit beat out of us back then and it wasn't violent and it wasn't crazy you know it was not what it looks like now we were not allowed to do that kind of stuff um that uh it was so it was just fun and bubbly and and so i really gelled with the girls that really liked what they did and that's kind of what it came down to i liked i liked those girls so if i saw someone that i knew was really killing it or was just this crazy sex machine um, then I, they were on my list. I had to work with them. I had to work with them. So it's funny because I got into the business because of women, like I could literally name them. Debbie Diamond, Alicia Rios, Shane from Shane's World, Christy Canyon. That's like my top four list right there of women that completely got me into this biz because they were fun and it was wild, you know? I so I feed Shane. off of that. <laughs> I met, uh, I met Shane at, uh, uh, Jim, uh, Jim South's party. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 I wasn't a Jim South girl. I was a pretty girl and a national girl, which was, you know, the opposite. We had Reb, who yeah. was a godsend to my life and to my career. I would not be who I am today without him and his guidance. 
right? She was amazing. Um, did, now, how well did you know Bill Marvel? Friends with him, or you, you know, there's, two, there's two schools of thought on Bill. You either like him or you just really don't. So I've been on all sides of the coin, and I sit in probably um, a shocking place to some people. Um, initially, I really liked Bill. Right, um, sweet old man. You know he's done his things, his uh, his conversations, being a part, having these idea of herding cats is what we are, or very rough around the edges. And then of course we would have some issues with other people. So then it switched into we were butting heads very heavily. Um, it was also because of a lot of the stuff that was going on with the union. Um, it was a very difficult road in the beginning. It's still a difficult road, but um, when Bill passed, Bill and I were not cool. Um, we had had some disagreements. It didn't mean that I had any, um, that I didn't care when he passed, but now, oh my Lord, the world was a better place with Bill Margold, 100%, because I find myself so many times with different things literally saying, wow, Bill was right. Bill was totally right. Oh, I know Bill had to have done this because there's no way this shit would have been done without his help. You know, so I actually appreciate the man a hell of a lot more in his passing and the time that he's been gone than I did prior to him passing. And I've actually learned very valuable lessons about that too, to be kinder to people while they're here, regardless of how you feel about them, because you never understand, you know? So I, yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> I, I spoke at his funeral. I followed Ron Jeremy of all people and, and Bill talk. You now Bill would call, I met him at um, uh, Legends of Erotica in 19 in uh, 2015. And then because it was a 50th birthday, uh, uh, bucket list type of thing, and um, oh, my, wife wow. says, my wife says, "Do you have a bucket list?" And I said, "Well, yeah." And I named off a couple of things, and I said, "And I want to go to the porn Oscars." <laughs> oh, okay, so we we went, and, and anyway, um, made fast friends with Bill, and he'd call every couple months, and then that that turned into once a week, and then it was like every day, and and my wife would come home, and she'd say, "What Bill want today?" And, uh, <laughs> We were working on redoing the Paul website. Uh, Is that you that he said that he was working with? Yeah. Oh wow! So does that mean that you are you the person who took over Paul? No. I, no, there's a different person. Okay. Two days after, and and so anyway, I was on his radio show, going to talk at the bottom of the hour about launching the Paul website, and he died ten minutes earlier, right in the air, and I was the next guest. Oh, I heard the phone drop and whatever else happened. And, and uh, so I I'm kept so calling sorry. him. And he'd called me earlier that day complaining because he says, does Walmart sell any of those 25 pound phones? He wanted a new phone. His phone kept cutting out. As I talked to him a couple different times. The phone cut out. He'd lose it. He had a flip phone. He's the only person. He was like Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Literally these two men who have these flip phones. You got to push three buttons to get a letter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so anyway, I figured this was phone, and then the next day, I called back, and I called a couple people. I said, I think Bill's got problems, so, and they called me back, so, um, so I went out for the, but he would always, he would never end a phone call with the person he was talking to, so many times, if he talked to Amber Lynn and hung up from her and called me, 
I'd have to hear the tail end of her conversation about this alphabet soup union thing. Oh, yeah. Had all these letters and A G da 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 da, and and I was like, okay, 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 you know. And you could just set the phone down and walk away half the time, you know. You just keep talking. But, uh, well, I'd like to tell you that in the last few years of the course of our work, it has become a collective agreement. We personally believe that if it wasn't for Bill's help, the union would absolutely not exist. We believe that he was the person guiding Felicia Ann 100% of the entire way because in Bill's passing, his absence 100% affected uh, the movement of the union and our relationship um, with IEAU. And so, you know, it's a really, really sad situation and it became just so much more clear to us how much work he had truly done for us. And that's why I, you know, I feel the way that I do. It's sad. It's sad. Uh, two days after uh, he died, I was blocked from uh, the website. They changed all the passwords. I was told to take the PAW Facebook group down, Facebook page down, and just, that was it. And just done. And I wanted to buy William, uh, BillMargold.com, and then they let that go. So some... Nigerian scammers got that now, so oh no, kind of doing a book about him, uh, his life, and we can't even get the page back, so he could put that on on that page. Um, wow, that's terrible to hear. I'm very very sorry. It's very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles wants to know: Have you ever met Nina Hartley or worked with her? I've never worked with Nina, but I've definitely met her many times. She is an absolute gem. She is such a wonderful lady, very sweet, very kind, very active in the industry. She is also pretty badass. My favorite Nina moment is, of course, probably most people is seeing her in Boogie Nights. Mm -hmm. She was really, really, really great, definitely. But she's a nice lady, for sure. Do you think there should be more of that where um – you know, every once in a while you'll see an adult actress or adult performer in mainstream stuff, or are they just totally scared of that now? No, uh, it's a lot more involved. In fact, I have a director that I work with by the name of Dustin Ferguson. Um, that's a lot more of what I do now. I can't believe I didn't even mention that. So you can catch me in some really fun, campy, like 80s-style horror movies. Uh, I am in Moon of the Blood Beast. That was my first horror movie that I did for Dustin, and I totally die, and it is bloody and gory and awesome. And then I am in L.A. Shark Attack, I think it's called, or it's also got another working title, Jaws of L.A., depending on where you, which Amazon or, or you know, uh, what else was it on? It's on some of the different streaming sites. You can totally go look it up on Prime, that kind of thing. Um, but they were so much fun, and I was... I was so disappointed because each role that I've taken on for Dustin, I get to do more and more. You know, it's as if he's working me through. And so with Jaws, I actually had more of a part. And uh, it was a lot of fun, although the day of filming was awful. You ever go to the beach and uh, maybe there's a cliff part and um, there's sandstone? So it's it's basically cemented sand, but it's still sand, but it's rock, and so it gets really wet and slippery, and they were filming us 
and I'm standing next to Donna Helsing, who is, I think that's what she goes by, Donna Lee Helsing. She um, is really tiny. She stars in this movie for him called Robo Woman. It's, she is badass, total little fembot, but she's tiny. And I tower over her, and we're standing on this, and we're getting ready to do the shot, and I'm going to go, oh, let me go stand on the other side of you because it's better light. I totally ate it, and I don't know what it is about me and falling, but everything goes in slow motion, and I literally saw the whole world. Oh, there's the cliff. Oh, there's the ground. Oh, there's the sky. Fuck, is this happening? <laughs> and I get up, and I'm like, I'm okay, everybody. I'm okay. Oh, my God, it hurts so bad. <laughs> and the director, who is literally, I, I don't know who it was. I was a total brat to him, and I shouldn't have been, but I was in fucking pain, and literally right after I fell, this motherfucker comes over, and he looks to us, and he goes, hey, you guys, be really careful, because these rocks are slippery, and I'm like, for real? Did you not? Did you? Okay, never mind. I'm like, it's a little late, was my answer. Normally, you don't talk to a director like that, because I'll fire you. Um, yeah, but they can't fire me because I'm Alana and I was special, so. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we pretty much wrapped up our hour, guys. Any last uh, any last comments, Patrick or Bob, anything else? Yeah. I, Thanks for spending time with us. I just, oh, yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to say, um, with all your uh, stories and stuff, um, have you ever had any injuries on set? Oh, you know, other than being clumsy, it's it's literally every injury I've ever received on set was my dumbass falling on something. I've fallen off of a dildo chair onto the floor on a seven set. I'm a klutz. It's so bad. It's always been that way. But other than that, no, no, uh, no broken buttholes. No, no busted boobs. <laughs> no tears. Everything's been intact, thankfully. You know, I can't say the same for everybody else. Accidents totally happen that are at times out of our control. Um, but yeah, usually it's just me being a klutz. <laughs> okay, well, Alana, I really want to thank you for being our first. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll post this in our group. I'll, I'll tweet you the link, and if you want to post that, find it in Andy, too. And, and uh, next week, I've lined up uh, Kelly Richards, so we'll talk to Kelly. Nice. And, Thanks for uh, having me, everybody. Check out my OnlyFans, Alana Evans XXX. And get me on Twitter at Alana Evans XXX. <laughs> Excellent. Talk to you later. You bet. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.